Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about polymyositis and dermatomyositis. And if you want to follow along with written notes on this topic, as always you can follow along at zerodefinals.com slash myositis or in the rheumatology section of the Zero to Finals medicine book. So let's get straight into it. Polymyositis and dermatomyositis are autoimmune conditions where there's inflammation in the muscles and inflammation of the muscles is called myositis. Polymyositis is a condition of chronic inflammation in the muscles or chronic myositis. Dermatomyositis is a connective tissue disorder where there's chronic inflammation of the skin and the muscles. Firstly we need to talk about creatine kinase. And this is a key investigation for diagnosing myositis. Creatine kinase is an enzyme found inside muscle cells. And inflammation of those muscle cells, or myositis, leads to the release of creatine kinase into the bloodstream. Creatine kinase is usually less than 300 units per litre when you test it on a blood test. In polymyositis or dermatomyositis, the result is usually over 1,000 often in multiples of thousands. Polymyositis and dermatomyositis aren't the only causes of a raised creatine kinase and it's worth being aware of the other causes that might put creatine kinase level up. The first is rhabdomyolysis and this is a key condition where creatine kinase is an important marker. Acute kidney injuries, myocardial infarction, treatment with statins, and also very strenuous exercise can all put the creatine kinase level up. Let's talk about the link between polymyositis and dermatomyositis with malignancy. And both of these can be caused by an underlying malignancy, and this makes them paraneoplastic syndromes. The most common associated cancers are lung, breast, ovarian, and gastric cancer. So if you have a new presentation of polymyositis or dermatomyositis, think about investigating for an underlying malignancy, particularly with things like a chest x-ray for lung cancer and possibly a mammogram for breast cancer, ultrasound or CA125 for ovarian cancer, and even if they have symptoms, an endoscopy for gastric cancer. So how do patients present? Well, the key presenting feature is muscle pain. And this is because of the myositis. They also have fatigue and weakness in the muscles. It occurs bilaterally and typically affects the proximal muscles, so around the shoulder and around the pelvic girdle. And it develops progressively over weeks. Polymyositis occurs without any skin changes, whereas dermatomyositis is associated with involvement of the skin. And the clue to this is in the name. If it's got dermatomyositis, it probably refers to the skin. So what are the skin features that you might find in dermatomyositis? These are things that may come up in your exam, so it's worth keeping an eye out for these. The first is Gotran lesions. And these are scaly erythematous plaques that occur on the knuckles, the elbows and the knees, which may be mistaken for patches of psoriasis. They can also get a photosensitive erythematous rash on the back, the neck and the shoulders. They can develop a purple rash around the face and the eyelids, which is known as a heliotrope rash. 
they can develop periorbital edema or swelling around the eyes, and they can develop subcutaneous calcinosis, which are calcium deposits in the subcutaneous tissue. There's a few autoantibodies that you need to be aware of that are associated with different types of myositis. Anti-JO1 antibodies are associated with polymyositis. However, they are also often present in dermatomyositis. Anti-ME2, MI2 antibodies are associated with dermatomyositis. And generic anti-nuclear antibodies are also associated with dermatomyositis. So how do we make a diagnosis? Well, the diagnosis is based on clinical presentation, an elevated creatine kinase, antibody results, and electromyography, or EMG. A muscle biopsy, taking a sample of the muscle tissue, can be used to establish a definitive diagnosis and look for inflammation in those muscle cells. So how do we manage the conditions? Well, management is guided by a specialist rheumatologist. And new cases should be assessed for possible underlying cancers and they may require physiotherapy and occupational therapy to help develop their muscle strength and their function despite the inflammation in the muscles. Corticosteroids like prednisolone are first-line treatments for both conditions and the other medical options where there's a poor response to steroids are immunosuppressants like azathioprine, IV immunoglobulins, and biological therapy with treatments like infliximab or etanercept. So thanks for listening to this episode on polymyositis and dermatomyositis. A big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing this podcast. If you found the podcast helpful and you want written notes on this topic, head over to Amazon and pick up a copy of the Zero to Finals Medicine book. It's got detailed and concise notes on over 160 different topics just like this one and it's designed to contain all the key facts and guidelines you need for your medical exams. If you don't fancy picking up a copy of the book, you can find all the notes as well as videos, illustrations and questions completely free on the Zero to Finals website at zerodefinals.com. And I hope you tune in for the next episode, which will be on antiphospholipid syndrome.